Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Today we have a special guest with us. That is Matt. And how are you today? Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. So we are excited to learn more about your story and just a brief little background of how we got connected. Uh, I actually found you through a comment on Taylor, Taylor Eccles' uh, Instagram post. And I was like, Sarah, we need to have Matt on the podcast, especially with your platform, being a PT student. But if you want to go a little bit more into your journey into physical therapy and where you are today. Yeah, sure. So uh, I was in undergrad at Ohio State. I uh, got an exercise science degree and um, applied to a bunch of PT schools and uh, didn't get into any of them. So I took a year off and, uh, you know, got some good experience that way, like in strength and conditioning and kind of going out of um, undergrad. I wasn't really sure if I definitely wanted to go to PT school, wanted to do strength and conditioning, wanted to do personal training. Um, so I kind of threw my application to about five schools and, uh, you know, didn't give it the best effort. So I think the second time around, I was like really organized a little bit more and got everything in like early. So if you're a student listening, get your stuff in early, like before you start your senior year. And I had no idea kind of going in that you actually had to be that early, like right after you start your senior year or even before your senior year, you pretty much need to have everything in like essays written, hours done, like all that stuff. So, um, you know, I spent a year uh, doing all kinds of different stuff. I started a personal training business um, that was just an LLC. So basically just kind of opening an LLC, uh, contacting gyms by email saying, you know, hey, can I contract at your gym? What's the rate? Um, and started picking up clients, built a website, uh, started a podcast, started talking to people. And uh, that LLC is the movement system. LLC, which is my personal training business, but I kind of try to turn it into a whole, uh, I guess, like platform, educational platform. So now I share um, informational content on Instagram and um, it's mostly geared towards, you know, people related, interested in learning the science of movement. And the whole point is to spread the science of movement. So um, through Instagram, putting out content um, somewhat regularly, <laughs> I try to I try to go uh, for qual uh, quality over quantity. So I'd rather do like one good post a week or one good post every two weeks and make it like super thoughtful and in depth than trying to put something out every day. So like for me, sometimes it's once a month, sometimes it's three times a week, you know, but it's, it's kind of whenever, you know, something good is there to post. But anyway, I digress. Uh, got a bunch more um, shadowing hours and, uh, reapplied to physical therapy school and I ended up getting into uh, Pitt and Ohio State 
And this is an interesting story. So I got into Pitt in uh, October, right around Halloween, in their first round. And um, I was I submitted the deposit, and I was 35 on the wait list for Ohio State. And um, ended up just kind of deciding, okay, I'm going to go to Pitt, like whatever. And uh, I kind of slowly moved down the wait list at Ohio State. And actually, the first part of the wait list moved pretty quick. And I ended up getting an email that said I would probably get into the program. Well, I did the visit for like people who are probably going to get into the program. And then I got another email two weeks later that said, oh, actually, all the spots are filled up and you're not going to get in the program. But then a week before the program started, right after I had started moving everything back to Pittsburgh, um, luckily I was going to live at home, so I didn't have to you know, worry about a lease or anything. But I started moving stuff back to Pittsburgh. I was ready to go. And then eight days before the program started, someone dropped the very last spot, and I ended up taking it and uh, getting into Ohio State and staying in Columbus. And that's where I'm at now. I spent the, did the first year and going on to the second year. It's all kind of unique stuff, I guess. Yeah. So last minute. And you know, that's, it sounds kind of crazy. I know a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are PT students or want to be PT students. And those who are PT students, like they know that stuff can happen. And it's so crazy. But those who are like pre-PTs just know that that is a possibility. You know, you get mixed signals from schools, like people drop out last minute, crazy stuff happens. Yeah, it's pretty stressful. I mean, it was like 20 months, I think I figured out from whenever I first applied to Ohio State to when I actually got in. But it was all worth it, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and no. It's, it's cool to look back and see like, you know, it worked out. Yeah, of course. And so since you started PT school, after, so did you start your personal training business before? Like, kind of take us through the origin of your personal training business. Yeah, sure. So I finished uh, undergrad and I was personal training for the university in a job there. And as soon as I finished undergrad, I actually took a strength and conditioning job at a high school um, for that summer after and then continued that for a little while, which I loved that job, by the way. That was a great job. Like, it was um, working with high school. Um, girls, I had four different teams that I would work with, um, doing strength conditioning, anything from programming to actually being in the weight room, mobility, like I was kind of in control of the whole thing, which is kind of cool. Um, so that was, that was great experience. And then alongside of that, I kind of had, um, some personal training clients that I was already working with that wanted to continue to work with me, but I couldn't stay affiliated with the university anymore. So like I said, I got the, uh, set up the LLC which um, pro tip, if you're going to do this, don't go through like legal zoom or something like that. Like you can just go on the government website and it's $99. Um, It's just not as pretty of a form. So like if you, if you do watch like maybe two or three YouTube videos and give it like a good two or three hours of time, you can have an LLC for a hundred bucks. It lets you, um, you know, legally be a business entity and you're, you have less liability than trying to do it without an LLC. Um, and there's some, there's some things that you have to kind of like Google and figure out. Like there's this thing called a statutory agent. If anyone's out there is interested, it's, it's basically like someone who accepts mail on your behalf. And I figured out that, uh, like you can, you can just declare anyone your statutory agent, but like companies like legal zoom will just like automatically charge you 150 bucks to forward you mail. So it's like, there's like all these weird things, but like, you're basically going to save like 400 bucks. If you just go on the government website and start it yourself, which is what I did. And, um, yeah, I recommend that cause you learn a lot in the process too. 
And then um, in starting a business, like there's a bunch of stuff you wouldn't think about. Like no one actually knows who you are. <laughs> so you have to like kind of put yourself out there, whether it be like making connections to the gym. Um, if you have a couple clients you're already working with, then, you know, asking for referrals, um, you know, referring to other people. Like I got a bunch of, made a bunch of good connections with physical therapists and referred clients back and forth. And um, that actually helped me a lot while I was personal training and trying to get into physical therapy school. Um, yeah, so, so started the strength and conditioning and um, personal training right after undergrad. Did that for six months or so and then kind of transitioned from strength and conditioning to corporate fitness. Uh, I worked for Wendy's, the company, their corporate uh, like fitness facility, which is in Columbus, Ohio. Um, which I, I liked that job. It was kind of steady, but it wasn't nearly as fun as strength and conditioning. And um, it actually paid really well, but I think I would have rather stayed in strength and conditioning, you know, hindsight, um, because it was, again, more of an enjoyable job. Um, you know, that's it. I got a good experience in con continuing to build up the personal training and then working in strength and conditioning, um, corporate fitness. And then I took a job. Um, oh, yeah, this is kind of big um, with helping a fitness studio startup. So it was basically two owners in um, Columbus that were also Ohio State grads in business, um, and they wanted to start up a fitness uh, studio, similar to like an Orange Theory or something like that, where it's groups of you know, 20 to 30 people, one big class. Um, and then I took on the role of like programming and organization, and um, it was kind of cool. They gave me a lot of uh, opportunities and control with that business. And it's grown up a lot since then. Like we're pretty much jam packed with all our classes and expanding to another studio, you know, a year and a half later. Um, but I've been in charge of making um, all the workouts. So I've, I've done, I, I just looked, it was like 600 and some workouts, basically a workout of the day, every day for, I guess, a year and a half now um, since starting that and um, do all kinds of stuff with it. Like uh, we do workshops in there for clients, um, do instructor trainings and, um, I don't know, all kind of, all kind of neat stuff with that. And that actually just came through LinkedIn, um, which is kind of cool. So I could kind of go into that a little bit if you want to, about like how to find a job or how to find these opportunities, you know? Yeah. All the things that you have done in a short amount of time, it feels like has been, that's incredible. And, uh, and yeah, if you want to go a little bit more into LinkedIn, because people think like, oh, LinkedIn, you know. At first I was like, you know, why do I need to make a profile? And I know in one of my classes in PT school, we actually, you know, are required to make a, a profile and, yeah. you know, be friends or uh, link up with people and get recommendations. So it is important, but yeah, if you want to uh, go through that process of how you got connected over LinkedIn. Yeah. And anytime someone sends me a message, this is exactly what I tell them. I say, go on LinkedIn search a couple of keywords every month, like once a month, just go on at the start of the month. If you're interested in, in finding a job in fitness, personal training, strength and conditioning, and just search those key terms. Uh, personal training usually gets a lot of like these generic jobs. Like I tried to avoid all the big companies. Like I didn't want to work for an orange theory, a lifetime fitness, anything like that. I've always tried to go to small companies, but even small companies will put out um, positions that they have available. Now there's a way to message people directly through LinkedIn. That's not what I would recommend. I would just recommend finding the company name. Like, uh, like if you search LinkedIn, 
just go on LinkedIn, log in, and then search strength and conditioning. It might have eight results. You can, because strength and conditioning doesn't give you nearly as many results, but you can kind of knock out the two or three that are like the corporate stuff. If, if that's not, if, you, if you're interested in that, you could definitely go and, and talk to them. But um, sometimes you'll find like two or three good small businesses. And then what I would do is actually look up their website or go visit them and um, actually find out some information directly through their website and then contact them without going through LinkedIn. Because it just seems like, uh, to me at least, I got better responses just emailing the owner and saying, you know, this is what I've read about your um, business. I'm interested in it for this reason. Do you have a time that we could, uh, you know, get together and talk about stuff? And um, here's the really big part. Once you do that, you have to give them some reason to think that you're light in day better than every other applicant. So for me, whenever I wanted to work with this fitness studio, it was a fitness studio startup. They had a bunch of ideas. And um, basically, I met with them for coffee at first, the two owners. We sat down for coffee. I took a, a bunch of notes on all their ideas. And I went home and spent over eight hours making PowerPoints example workouts like a, a powerpoint of example workouts ideas that i had things that i could improve on of their system that they already had and it's basically unheard of that someone would put eight hours into something without even knowing that you're going to have a job um, but th that's in the last few years or in the last year and a half turned into the best job that i can imagine like i have a ton of freedom i work you know mostly online like 10 hours a week doing you know cool stuff like writing workouts uh, sending notes to instructors, um, doing training sessions and like workshops and all this stuff. But it was basically all from that front end work of like, um, just doing something to show them that you're very valuable and smart and you can help their business. And they obviously need to hire you. If I would have just gone in there and said, met, met with coffee and said, Oh yeah, I want an instructor job. You know, I might've ended up with an instructor job being one of the instructors or not, you know, if they didn't kind of like me, but like if I, if you put in all that work on the front end, and you show that you're really committed and dedicated to it, that's the person they're going to want, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of what I did for the strength and conditioning. I had written up um, a micro cycle and a macro cycle of a training plan and came in with like a file folder of, of different stuff, like even before um, the first meeting for that one with the person who hired me on, like the athletic director at the high school there um, for the strength and conditioning. So basically just find a lead just a small lead that looks good and then put way more time and effort into that lead than you think you would even possibly need to and then um see what happens and here you are a year and a half <laughs> later <laughs> that's yeah. cool and i think a lot of students don't believe that it's possible and i think that's a big limiting factor obviously so for the students listening who want to start their own personal training business or something that is their own that they can work on yeah. their own time and all of that, what would you recommend that they do to start? Yeah, so um, so the way I did it was basically starting with a few people. Um, I had, I think, two or three clients from the university that wanted to continue with me. Uh, and we're willing to pay higher rates to go into a private setting. Um, and then from there, I just let it build up slowly. Like that's, that's one way to do it. And it was pretty like genuine. I didn't go out and market uh, really at all, which I don't know if that's good or bad, you know, like, cause that maybe I could have, you know, tried to run Facebook ads or Google ads or something like that. And 
and built up the personal training a little bit faster versus um, it probably took me six months to go from having three clients that I would work with for five sessions a week to probably six months later having like 15 to 20 sessions a week. You know, maybe, maybe there are ways to do it faster than that. Uh, what I did was just like the kind of the genuine route of just like letting it accumulate that way and not being pushy about it. Um, that said, like I have found, I guess, like better ways to market. Um, like Instagram's kind of cool. I've gotten a couple clients through that. Um, and then just like directly asking for more referrals. Like at first I just like kind of was passive back there. And I think like being a little bit more active of like, you know, like this is what I've helped you with. Like, do you know anyone else who is looking for something like this, you know? Um, so I would say like maybe start an Instagram or a Facebook or something like that and, and put out something that's informative. Um, my strategy again has always been like putting way more time into like an individual post rather than just trying to like post every day. Because like, to me, I just like kind of ignore that stuff. Like I would rather just like kind of put something in that really like makes people stick and remember you and uh, like that information. Um, so that's always been my strategy there. And then just like making genuine connections, like, um, you know, doing what you can for like people in the gym, whether you get anything back from it or not. Like I've referred out people to different people that have or have not um, referred back to me, like massage therapists, physical therapists, other personal trainers, strength coaches. And like, you don't always have to be looking for like something in return, but always try to be like valuable to them, you know? Yeah, I love what you just said because you want to value those relationships you had and you want, you know, your client to trust you. And like you said, that initial, um, like, qual or let me backtrack, uh, the quality of your content that you put out there, especially on Instagram and, and Facebook, that's important because someone sees that and, you're, and they're like, oh, wow, like, I think this is for me and that I could really connect with you. And so just, the valuable relationships is so important. And I, I love that. Um, yeah, but yeah. And like you said, I mean, there's ways to market, but then there's also ways to know that if you just trust the process, know that it's going to grow, uh, like you did, then you mm -hmm. know that you're putting your systems in place and it's a learning process. It really, it really is. Yeah. And I mean, there's no cost to, um, doing it like the genuine, like building it up way. Whereas if you do go all in on like trying to make Facebook ads and Google ads and paying for this and that, like you have the potential to actually lose more money than you end up getting out of it. So, um, you know, it's, 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 I guess some individual preference, but I would definitely max out as much as you can with the, um, kind of one-on-one -on -one stuff and the relationships you already have. Yeah, for sure. And I'm really curious to know, mm -hmm. because we're all very similar with having our own, uh, businesses and podcasts, but as a student, how are you, you know, managing that? Cause I know you said you work about 10 hours a week and just kind of take us through how that balance has been. Yeah. You know, I like to work. So like what I do is I do, um, personal training sessions pretty much every morning, um, anywhere from like five 30 to seven 30 AM. So I usually get four to six sessions of personal training in, in the mornings per week. And then probably another four to five sessions of personal training either on weekday evenings or Saturday mornings. Um, so that's about for me, 10 to 11, 12 hours a week. Um, 
some weeks are busier than others with personal training. And then on top of that, I do still do um, like the programming for individual clients and then for uh, the group fitness studio and then like doing workshops and stuff for that. And I still teach classes there off and on. I haven't been on the schedule regularly, but I still pick up classes off and on. So like, I think I average about 10 hours there also. Um, so it's about like for me, 22 ish hours of like work per week. Um, and then on top of that, I like to do like anything like content creation wise, like Instagram stuff, which that, that again varies. Like some weeks I'll spend a little bit more on that than others. Um, but for me, like that's pretty manageable. Like I just get up two hours earlier than I would if I was just going, going to go to class. So I just get up usually like five 30, get two hours of work in and then go to class at eight. And honestly, that two hours almost like it's almost like out of thin air because like you're going to either sleep or maybe you'll stay up a little bit later or you could just like get up a little bit earlier and work. So like it's not like I really have to make a bunch of time for that. It's just like kind of time that you can leverage if you if you put yourself um, in that position that you have to get up. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And that you are an example that people can work during PT school and it can be more hours than you might think. Because on top of that, you also have your podcast. And I know you do that once a month, but about how many hours in a month are you spending on the podcast alone? Yeah, I guess like that's another hour or two here and there. Um, And then I'll do like um, some, I have this thing with uh, digital media basically, where um, it's actually mostly my fiance that runs it. But we'll do like off and on like projects for people who want to do like, like like photo shoot or like video shoot or content creation or like website pictures or stuff like that that are in the movement science business so like miscellaneous stuff like like digital media stuff um i actually still have the corporate fitness job that i'll occasionally like pick up a shift for or do like they have like some required online trainings like miscellaneous stuff like that is probably like another like three or four hours a month but um, we get like enough breaks or like times right after exams or whatever that I can usually like fill that stuff kind of in as, uh, as needed. Yeah. And how has this made an impact? You don't have to say numbers per se, but like, has this made an impact on like paying for PT school? Yeah, that's huge. You know, like, um, yeah, I knew actually coming into Ohio state that I was gonna have to pay at least the first year, um, out of state tuition, which was going to really suck. It was like, basically $30,000 more. And, um, you know, luckily just working, um, have more than covered that. So that's actually really beneficial. Um, and then like, basically you're as valuable as you're willing to like tell yourself you are. So I think like starting out, um, like the year after undergrad, I was like hesitant to charge more than like 40, $50 a training session. Um, but then like, as time became more valuable to me, and I kind of realized, like, I only have 10 hours to train per, per week, basically, you know, and going into PT school, um, I couldn't, like, I was, I was built up to, like, doing maybe, like, 15 or 20 hours. So I just said, like, you know, if you're not at, you know, X rate, which is, I think at the time was around, like, $50 an hour. Um, and I actually took it down to 45-minute sessions. But basically, like, $50 for 45-minute sessions. And I kind of told myself, like, that's, that's what you're worth now. Like, and people are either going to pay it or they're not going to stick with you. And you'll find you know, other people to work with. Um, and I think you just have to be kind of, uh, I guess like, um, dedicated that, or like, I guess like, um, 
I, like actually Danny would say, I was listening to the podcast that you guys had him on for. He's, he's really big on this, like knowing your value, like knowing how much you're worth. And I think um, PT students discount the fact that they're honestly worth anywhere from 60 to a hundred dollars an hour. And like your knowledge and skill set can really help people and make a big impact. And you, you know, writing someone a program that they can go then go do and like change their life and lose, you know, the weight that they haven't been able to do or, you know, help them with pain off and on. Uh, like, obviously, we're not doing that a ton, like as students still, but like, even the behavior change and the fitness aspect of it is incredibly valuable to people. And if you um, kind of put yourself out there, and just say like, this is what I'm worth. And I'm going to find a way to, you know, make that happen. Because, you know, I need, I need this to work out, you know, for the way I want my life to go, you know, like, then um, you can make it happen. So I'd say that, yeah, it's just important to just like know how much you're worth, you know, and, uh, you know, commit to that and um, yeah, be focused on it. Yeah, that is, that is huge because like you said, your time is valuable and you can only dedicate a certain amount of time per week. And you just have to know that, you know, what you're charging, like, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable because you're like, uh, you know, am I really worth this much um but like you said you have to be able to to know that and believe that in yourself um and just like think about people are going to pay for your services if you're giving a high level service and so you know we've had to learn that through growing our podcast and our business now and Mm -hmm. it's been something you know you learn along the way but yeah and that comes with mindset that comes with being confident like you know, all these things. So, uh, yeah. And Danny Matei, he is awesome. I, he really does, um, emphasize like value and, uh, doing that. So yeah, that's, that's huge. And I actually listened to an episode, a podcast episode on my way to school today. And it was all about, um, your value. And I'm pretty, it was Greg Todd who was saying that, that I was like, who was I listening to? But yeah, it was, Uh, uh, Greg saying that this morning. Nice. Yeah. And honestly, that does take a long time. Like you're not going to get that right off the bat. Like it probably took me like a year to really, um, I guess like feel like I was worth as much as like I'm charging, you know? And it's, I mean, it's still a struggle, but like, uh, I'd like, for example, I have a client that I'm working with actually after this podcast who I was charging $75 a session. He's doing twice a month and he volunteered to pay a hundred dollars a session. He just says like, I, I value this so much that he's going to pay a hundred dollars a session. I'm like, he's not anything, not like a special person or anything. He's just like a normal person with a, I mean, a, a fairly good job, but, um, and you know, that's not everyone. Like, obviously there are most of the people that I work with are concerned about money and do want to like get a good deal with their training and, um, and that, but just know that there are people out there that are going to value your services and you're going to be surprised at how much they value your services, you know, and you just have to go out there and, um, you know, meet people and, and make the connections and make it happen. And, and again, always providing the value because, you know, like he wouldn't be willing to do that if I, if I wasn't going over the top of like providing really good quality um, contact with him all the time and a program on the side and like this and that, you know? So um, it, it again goes back to that providing way more than you think you need to in developing relationships and then also in maintaining those relationships. Cause you can't just do that at the start, you know, like put all that time into getting that job. Um, you have to keep that going, you know, and that can seem overwhelming, but, um, I don't know. It's good. 
it's good to just put put in that time and put in the effort and if you really like what you're doing it shouldn't be that hard to do absolutely and what do you say to the students out there listening who are about to start school or maybe they just started and they're like i'm going to find a real a retail job to work throughout pt school um what would you tell them well i mean if you really like retail and you're super passionate about it and you have a good time then go for it but um, I don't, if you're doing it for the right reasons, then that's fine. But if you're doing it because you're just not sure what else to do, or if you're, um, not confident that you can do anything else, I would just kind of work on, um, developing your mindset first and then pouring in a ton of effort into something and just following it. Even if it's a dead end, you know, even if it is just like you're studying an LLC and you want to get personal training or you want to get involved in a group fitness studio or you want to get involved in a certain company um, that's at least somewhat related to your profession and what you like to do, just pour a ton of effort into there, even if you don't see the finances working out. Um, because actually that fitness studio that I first started at, they offered me, um, because they were a new startup, didn't have a ton of money, $15 an hour. And I was already making like $35 an hour in corporate fitness or something like that. But I took the job on the side because I knew I could work doing some online stuff with them and like build it up. And um, over time, that's over doubled and I can work over like online and, you know, do and create the projects that I want. And now the fitness studio is built up, you know, a year later and obviously a ton of hours and work later, but it's built up to the point that now it has all these opportunities that I would have never been able to see. So like, don't, don't think just because it's $15 an hour, you're worth more than that. You're better than that. You can't take it, you know, like maybe that is an opportunity, but you have to make the most out of that opportunity to grow it and develop it into the place that you want it to be. Um, but yeah, just don't get stagnant. Yeah, that's key. Don't get stagnant. And uh, what also made you want to start your own podcast as well? Um, that's a good question. Yeah. I think just a different way to get out information. Like I thought um, Instagram was cool, but you're kind of limited to either a 60 second video where like no one really watches videos for that long or has much attention span on Instagram. So I wanted to get like more in depth content. And that's my whole thing was like, I, I want depth of the content, you know, and I couldn't really get that with certain topics. Um, and then also just the opportunity to talk to other people. Um, so yeah, for those two reasons, definitely wanted to get in the podcast, the movement system podcast. <laughs> Yes, go check it out. I was actually just listening to one of your episodes right before this with uh, one of your professors. Um, oh, yeah. It was about hip flexor uh, thing, all the things yeah. with um, yeah. hip flexors. And, uh, and yeah, no, I, I'm excited to uh, listen to more episodes. And you are providing value, which is awesome for students. And, you know, it could be content-wise in relationship to what you're learning in school, but then having guests on, uh, that, you know, it's not specifically, you know, PT anatomy or, or something specific like that. But, uh, I was going to ask, has there been a time so far in PT school where you've struggled or you've failed and you're like, okay, I need to get, get everything together because I'm doing all these things on the sides and I don't, I don't want to lose that. Yeah. Um, so, um, I wouldn't say like struggled and failed, but there, there have been times that were more difficult than others. Um, 
and I've, I've, and you know, luckily with, with my jobs, it's all, it's, it's flexible. Like I can just tell clients like, you know, I need a week off and, and I really don't do that very often, but I could, if I need to, um, unfortunately the programming stuff, I kind of have to do that every day because you know, 400 people are going to need a workout, but it, that's, um, still I could, I could program three weeks out and then not work for two weeks if I really wanted to like vacations or something. But, um, yeah, luckily I have some flexibility in, in work schedule to be able to do that. Um, and that's, that's a big benefit of starting your own business, making your own job rather than just having to report to a shift from a certain time to a certain time. And that's the other thing, like with PT school, like they just give us like all these different things like this semester, we have to do observation hours in neuro and we have to do South side hours at like a volunteer clinic. And then we have to do, you know, and then they throw all these things and they're like, just be available at all these different times in the evenings. So it's like you kind of have to have something flexible, you know, or at least a, a boss that understands if you are going to get a, a, a job that way. Um, but yeah, I would say, um, you know, for me, I don't care about grades very much. And, um, you know, and that's partially because I want to do my own thing after school anyway. Uh, like I've always gotten okay grades. Like I think in undergrad, I had like a three, six, five or something like that, which was just enough to get rejected to physical therapies of schools the first time, but be a strong the second time which it, I applied to like high schools like Pitt and Ohio State they were like top 10 programs so you know if you have a 365 and you're pre-PT listening to this you'll get into a program you know just if you're committed to getting into like a certain program you might have to wait a year you get make sure your hours are in line your essays are on point like all that stuff too but anyway um yeah I would say like um find something that's flexible but then um there's this thing I'm, I'm big on. It's called Parkinson's law. And it's basically just the, the idea that things take as long as you give them to take. And uh, I, I tell myself that a lot. So, um, you know, you could study casually. And I think a lot of people in my class study casually and kind of sit back and they'll sip a coffee and like go to this, go to the whatever cafe in another library and kind of look at notes. But like, I try to study intensely because it's like, it's like, you know, F equals MA, but like MA, like one is intensity and one is time. So like your, your result, you know, it's just, it's just direct, directly proportional to your, your intensity of studying and the time you spend. So you could do low intensity studying for a long time, or you could do fairly high intensity studying for a short time. And that's generally what I do. Um, and, and that being said, like, I, I really try to grasp the concepts more than worry about what's on the test. Um, so I think those, those things in combination, like, first of all, not worrying about grades and like, I, I really don't check grades till the end of the semester. Um, so that helps. Like, I think people spend too much time, like going back and forth, checking their grades. Did I pass that test? How did I do on that assignment? Like I've missed 10, 20 point assignments here and there, but like it evens out. Like if you spend a ton of time studying for the test and you know, the material, um, that's that's what's most important is that you're actually deeply grasping the material and you understand what they're teaching you um and, and that can be done in in a fairly efficient um time if you if you commit to it you know so like yeah i, I think if you have if you have no job and you have all that time you're going to study for all that time and you'll, you'll probably get the same result as if you limit yourself to a good 10 20 study hours a week um and then work hard in those hours, you know? So I, I still do like intramurals. I still do um, like workouts and like stuff like that. I don't think like work limits me from that stuff. It just makes uh, the intensity of studying, the intensity of like other stuff kind of 
uh, go up. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And for all the students listening right now who just started PT school, I know you've given a lot of great tips and advice. What mm -hmm. is something that you would tell them to do now before school gets really crazy? Hmm. Just started? Study anatomy a lot, like more than you think you need to. And then like more than that, because that's what matters. Like, so um, my big thing is the movement system. And that's named that for a reason. Like I'm big on systems and like having a, a really solid framework from which you can add on other information. So I think anatomy is that foundation and you absolutely, like you don't have to know the, the, the nitty gritty details, but you really, really, really have to understand neurologic pathways and muscles and attachments and um, just like the, the, the cardiac physiology and like the, the basics of all this stuff before you can put on clinical information. So I would say like, um, even if you got a hundred percent in anatomy, like you were really solid in anatomy in undergrad, as soon as you start PT school, really hammer that down because like having that framework, um, will make everything else easier and more efficient. Yeah. And like you said, especially when it comes to clinical application, because a lot of the second year is that you've gone into the foundation of your classes and anatomy, and then now you're building on, okay, I have a patient with uh these impairments and what <laughs> what do i need to do uh to treat those so yeah that's that's key and i know now being in the second year it's all about uh clinical reasoning and really making you think and not just memorize because it's it's more than that you really have to uh make sure you understand what's going on yeah i would say try not to memorize anything um if you don't have to ever and that's, that's honestly my strategy. Like I, I really try not to ever memorize anything. Even if I know I'll miss more points on the test, I'll just spend um, more time like attaching the amount of information coming in to what I already know. And then if, if there's details that I know I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna make an acronym. I'm not gonna do a flashcard. I'm just not gonna know that information. I'll just know what's important and like hammer down the more important stuff, get the 80%, like, so there's that like whole 80-20 rule, and I really do think that's important too. Like 20% of the information is 80% of the importance. So like just absolutely 100% hammer the most important stuff, and then add details on as, you, as much as you can, you know? But like, if you're just sitting there every, sem every semester, every test, every class, trying to, memorize and then forget and memorize and forget the same information um it's just kind of it's kind of wasting your time you're like you know spinning your wheels in the mud you know so i'm, I'm big with that like um in any way you can just yeah i love that and is there anything we haven't talked about so far oh oh, oh yeah I do have one fundraising um, idea that, well, it was an idea, but now I just did it. So now it's a project and it's a really cool idea that you guys should try to do, or at least if someone out there does it, it would be cool. So for CSM, I wanted to not pay for it because that's cool. Right. So what I did was I was like, um, decided to basically collect textbooks and um, from professors and basically just sell them on Amazon and it's a cool idea. You basically just go to your PT professors and you just say like, hey, do you guys have any extra copies of books or any old books? 
And then um, all you do is like you download this Amazon seller app and you scan them and then um, you list them and um, then they sell and then you ship them in a box and then you get money for it and then you pay for things. So that's, that's kind of a cool idea. And it's really as simple as that. Like I think there's all these candle fundraisers and I don't ask someone to buy a candle or whatever. Like it's easier for me to just say like, like professors have books laying around. You can even go to other um, like programs like med school. Like I knew an oncologist. So I went to him. I went to um, just different people around campus and just collected up like, um, I think I've sold like 50 or so books. Um, and basically um, just, yeah, over time, just raised a couple hundred bucks to pay for CSM that way. So that's a cool idea. If anyone wants to pursue that, um, you can send me a DM if you get stuck on anything, but it's not that hard. Just YouTube how to sell books on Amazon and then collect them and sell them. That's, that's a cool idea. That is a really cool idea. And I never would have thought of that. So if anybody's listening and wants to do it, just, Hey, just ask your faculty because you know, they have bookshelves and textbooks lying around that are just there and they don't really open them or use them. So yeah, definitely ask, um, ask around and something like conferences, PT conferences that we we want to go to, but you know, we, we don't want to pay for the registration fee. And you know, if you have to fly like all these extra expenses, then find mm -hmm. other ways, like you said, a textbook selling textbook selling. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, do anything, you know, like you can, um, there, there's, there are plenty of other, um, you know, unique fundraising ideas like that. Um, just get creative with it. So, um, you know, you don't rack up the debt. Yeah. And are you presenting right? at CSM or just attending? Just attending. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be there in, in Denver um, this year. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> You'll have to meet up. Yeah. You guys going? You're going to be there? Working on it. We're working on it. Oh, yeah. Working on, working it? on nice. the funds. <laughs> there ain't my yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah. If we'll you have see. a cool CI, maybe, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping because honestly, if I book it before the clinical starts, what are they going to do? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I did on my clinic, clinical last year and, uh, or this, no, it was this year in January. Yeah, in January. And uh, we both went to DC. But yeah, I told my CI, I was like, hey, I have the opportunity to go to CSM. I'm already committed to going and I got off the clinic time. I just had to make it up. But yeah, if it's something nice, like yeah. a conference, you know, I would think most of the time your CIs would understand and uh, yeah, it's, you have to go at least once, I would say, to a yeah. CSM. <laughs> exactly. Nice. And any last advice that you'd give to a PT student in general before we end today? Um, I don't know. The, the, uh, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, you know. Um, I think um, I've obviously talked about things that were successful for me, but there's other things that I've tried to commit time and energy to that haven't turned out, you know, obviously great. Um, and obviously it's, it's slow. It was slow to get to the point that I'm at. So like, um, especially for someone who just went right undergrad to PT school and you're trying to start this all in the midst of, um, you know, classes, studying and all that. Um, obviously it's, it's going to be work. It's going to be, uh, you know, struggling hard and it's going to take time to build up. But, you know, see it through, um, put the time into it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's it. 
Well, it was so awesome having you on today. And we are so excited because so many students are going to benefit from your advice. And if anybody wants to reach out to you, I know you said um, you're on social media. So if you just want to mm -hmm. uh, list all the platforms that you are on. Yeah, I'm just on uh, Instagram at the movement system. And that's um, primarily where I'm at. And then I also have the podcast, the movement system podcast, and a website that has some information It has some like, uh, like strength conditioning programs you can download uh, in like Excel templates um, just because people have asked me for it. I'm just throwing it up on there. It's under like the download section and that's um, the movement system.com. So um, yeah, feel free to check out anything that I have there. And if you guys need anything, um, if you're listening, um, feel free to reach out. Like I have a ton of resources and ideas and I'm always willing to share. So um, yeah, feel free to send me a message or something like that. That's great. We appreciate you coming on today, Matt, and I'm sure we will see you at CSM. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. See ya. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.